Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Highs um, that we go through, that we experience, but there, there are some low points, and I really believe that how we get through those low points, what what we do in those situations, that's what really defines us and, and has the potential to define our lives. And so make sure, um, grab the podcast, it's on our website, also iTunes, yep, sorry, I'm not very techy, I've got paper today, I know I'm sounding like a dinosaur, but I swear I'm not. Um, <laughs> so you can, you can look up the podcast and, and come along on this journey, it's been really, really cool. So um, this, this whole series, and, and I mentioned this last time I spoke, but this series has probably come at a really good time for me personally because the last two years have been a series of ups and downs and, and uncomfortable moments, probably the most in my life so far. And, and so this morning I really want to share from a place of, of this is where I'm at, I'm in the middle of that um, and, and I think it's really cool that sometimes we're able to be in the midst of things and yet still see the hope in it. Yeah. Um, uh, in October... This year, um, we went to a conference, and one of the speakers, so we have guest speakers that come in, and, and um, yeah, it's just a really great time of um, learning the Word of God and being trained in leadership and things like that, but one of the speakers mentioned um, about this season, of, about uncomfortable seasons, and he referred to it as the middle season, how uh, there's the beginning where you receive that picture or that word from God, that promise. And then you've got the middle part, and then you've got the end, where the promise is realizing it. You know, you've got it, you've received it. And he was talking about how in this middle uh, season, that it's such a crucial time, because more often than not, that's when people drop out of their relationship with God. That's, that's the time where they feel like, you know what, I, I can't do this anymore, I'm out. And it's because they feel like God doesn't have their back. If you think about it, that's that's a pretty pretty dangerous place to be in. That's a crucial time to be in. And so we thought, hey, in this series we can really speak into that middle season. We can speak into that uncomfortable season and, and try help us switch our perspective, kind of lift up our eyes and yeah. see the hope in these middle seasons. Yeah. Because, yeah. The truth is, how we deal with this middle season dictates whether we come through strong. You know, in the, this last two years, um, in certain periods of time, it's kind of felt like, um, you know, women, when they're going into labour, I haven't been there myself, but this is from what I've learned from all your amazing stories, which I just love. It's so funny. It's funny when you get a group of women together and it automatically switches to pregnancy stories. Yeah. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I love it. I'm like, this is my jam. This is awesome. And 
and um, and it's just a really funny place to be in. It's almost like a tension. Pastor David's story talks about tension of parallels where in our life there's kind of this stuff going on, the uncomfortable stuff, but then there's also the good things that are going on. But it's funny how the discomfort and the things that aren't going quite right tend to grab our attention a lot more, right? We can tend to focus on those things and, and almost get tunnel vision and before we know it, we're obsessing and we're, we're trying to take control over areas that we don't have control over. And, and for us, the last two years, um, this waiting season has been um, trying to sell our house in Canning Vale to move here to Big Park so we can be here amongst the community that we're trying to reach. And the other thing is trying to start a family. And so for us, uh, there's this this thing of, you know, we put the house on up on the, um, on the market. Up on the market, I should know by now, right? Two years. Um, so we put our house on the market, we're cleaning it every week. Shelly, our boarder, is doing an awesome job in her part of the house. She's cleaning that up. We're getting the house sorted. And then week by week, it just continues to go. And, and before I knew it, I found myself kind of like fists and balls and just really frustrated, really stuck. There's a, God, I've done my part. Why are you not coming through? Why are you not budging yet? And so you can see this thing of, of waiting and then, oh, maybe something. Waiting. Nope, that's not something yet. Waiting. And then, then you just get to this place where you're just stuck and you just realize that. And so from here, this was when I finally invited God in. <laughs> finally asked God, this is crazy. You know, there's the good, there's the bad, but I feel like the good the good. The bad is overshadowing the good that you're doing in our life. And, and I don't want to have my eyes cast down. I don't want to be looking at those negative things. And so help me to do this season better. And that's when I think I was just listening to a podcast or something. But he spoke these words into my heart. If you can't change your situation, if you can't change your situation, which maybe you're there today. You've tried and tried and tried, but you can't then change your perspective. There's always an opportunity. If we can't change a thing, if we can't do a thing or we've done everything that we can, then we need to change our perspective. So what I didn't realise until God spoke those words into my heart was that I was leaning out of what he wanted to do. What do I mean by leaning out? I was not engaging with him. I was I was holding what he wanted to do at arm's length. Why? Because when God doesn't come through in our timing, often it feels like rejection, right? We feel rejected. And what do people who have been rejected or feel rejected do? They push back. They reject before they get an opportunity to be rejected. And it worked out that's how I'd been feeling. And so I was holding everything God wanted to do at arm's length. I was holding the discomfort at arm's length. But then it was really cool because I get this opportunity to go into high schools and do workshops and um, and it was funny. It's funny how God speaks to you about what you need to know when you're trying to communicate it to other people, right? It's awesome. So I was speaking to a room of teenagers, of high school students, and I was talking to them about the feeling of confusion, how when you're, when you're confused, you know, like you have that fuzzy kind of feeling. Immediately we feel like we're stupid, right? We're like, oh, 
there's something we're not getting because I'm feeling confused. Everyone else seems to get it, but really they're probably confused as well. But <laughs> we think that you know we're stupid because we're confused, and then we think that that's the first step to failure. But did you know that confusion, that little fuzzy feeling that we get in our minds um, when, when we're feeling confused, it's actually just our brain trying to make sense of the new information coming in. It's trying to mix together the old, what we've already got in our minds, with the new. And so when I realised that, I was like, fantastic, I don't feel so stupid now whenever I'm confused, right? It's actually a process of learning that I'm going on. That's all that it means. And so when God spoke to me through that, he applied it to this, this season of discomfort. And he said, you know what, Beck? Change your perspective. This is me trying to help you change your perspective. I want you to begin to see that this uncomfortable season that you're in, it's not because I'm rejecting you, it's not because I don't love you. In fact, it's an invitation. It's an invitation in disguise for you to come and for you to grow. And we've been talking about that over the last few weeks, that discomfort leads to change. But what makes being in uncomfortable situations so much easier is when we believe that it's actually an invitation from God. And this morning, I... I really believe that this is something God wants to do and wants to speak deep into our heart, that he's inviting us on a journey. Uncomfortable seasons don't have to stay that way. They don't have to be horrible. In fact, he doesn't want people thinking that we go through bad seasons or uncomfortable times because he doesn't love us. In fact, he's wanting to draw us close. He's wanting to invite us in to know him in a deeper way, to have revelation of him. Because when we know who he is, we know that we are loved. We know that we can be confident. We know that we can be secure no matter what season we find ourselves in. So this morning, I want to speak that to you, that God is inviting you. Whether you're in that season now or whether it's coming up, it's usually right around the corner. But he's inviting you in. We've got to remember that's the perspective we need to take. All right. So it was only after accepting this invitation or seeing this season as an invitation that I could lean into God. I could lean into what he wanted to do. And I love that God's word, you know, that's that's part of the invitation. He gives us his word. It's so readily available, especially now. You know, it's on your phone. It's wherever you go. It's awesome. He's invited us in through his word to find hope. And so this is where he took me. He took me to the life of Abraham. And you can find his story in the book of Genesis, but he's also scattered throughout the Bible because he's called, he's got this title, the father of faith. So he's actually a really important um, person in, in God's whole story about the world. It's amazing. So if you haven't read about him, you can find his story in Genesis. But a little bit about him this morning. So the reason why his life is a bit of a big deal is because God... Uh, made a promise to Abraham. He made a promise to him uh, to give him children, to give him many children, um, and to also give him land. Now, for us here, that probably doesn't mean too much because we're cool with our like, cute little apartments and, and you know, our 1.27 children. And, um, you know, that's the kind of life that we have. But back then, land and many children meant that you were blessed. That's what it meant. And so for God to make this promise to Abraham, his wife Sarah, it was a big deal. But what was even more of a big deal was that Abraham and Sarah were way past childbearing age. Like, I'm not even talking just post-menopause, 
I'm talking like post, 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 post. So Abraham and Sarah received their son, this promised son, at the age Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. So you can see how impossible that situation would have been, right? So when they receive this promise, they're, they're you know, it, it's a big deal. It comes that day where, yeah, God's saying, this time next year, you're gonna, you're gonna have a son. I promised you this. And so it's really, really awesome because I love his Abraham's response to God's promise. He says this in Genesis 17, 17. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? I love it. He laughed. When God spoke this promise to him, he, he fell face down in reverence, in awe, and he laughed. And you know, when I read this scripture, I always thought, oh God, he's laughing at me, like he's mocking me, telling me, isn't that bad? Like, such, such. But no, we find that in Romans, what is it, Romans 4, 19, that Abraham wasn't being sarcastic at all. He was genuinely laughing with joy and with awe. It says this, without weakening in his faith. So in that moment, he didn't weaken his faith. Abraham acknowledged the decrepitness, I love that word, decrepitness <laughs> of his body since he was about 100 years old and the lifelessness of Sarah's group, of Sarah's word, not word. word. <laughs> Wow. How funny is that? Abraham laughs. He it's like I can just picture this hundred year old man having this guttural laugh. You know, there's this joy that's welling up inside of him because God was gonna do something that was completely naturally impossible. And what was his response? To laugh, to celebrate before the fact, to celebrate before this boy, this child was born into the world. He was like, you know what, God, I'm going to celebrate now. I'm going to be filled with your joy now because of what you are going to do. I love that response because you know what? The last two years for me, that's probably the first thing that that left me, the joy. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's something that we don't often protect because we focus a lot on happiness. But happiness is being happy because of happenings. It's determined on what's going on, what's affecting us. And, and it can be so up and down. But God wants to give us joy. He wants to give us joy in the midst of what we're going through. I love it. I love that God is like this. It's awesome. In Romans 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope, we've been singing about that, we've been talking about that today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's simple to lose our joy, but God is saying, while you're trusting me, while you're in the middle, while the promise hasn't come through yet, I want to fill you with joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. That tells me that joy isn't just a, oh, I feel so happy today or I'm excited. But because it's from the power of the Holy Spirit, it's powerful. It's meant to do something in our life. I believe joy is meant to change our perspective. It's meant to lift our eyes. It's meant to give us a contentment and a knowing on the inside that God is good. That yeah. He is good. Joy is not happiness. It's not determined by 
know what's going on. It's determined by God who gives abundantly. He's the most generous, the most generous. And he wants to pour that into your life this morning. When we're going through uncomfortable seasons, God invites us to have joy. To have joy. Don't you just love that? I love that. I love that. You know, something else I observed, one of the first things that I observed with Abraham's life after he fell face down on the floor and laughed, after he had a good belly laugh, was that God asked him to, well, call him really, to leave his home, leave his family, and to go to this land that he had promised. He didn't really know where he was going, but just to go, to leave behind these things. And so for Abraham... First, it was actually his dad, his dad, Terah. I think I'm saying that right. Any like Jewish scholars here? No? All right. So we'll just go with Terah. Um, so that was Abraham's dad. And so God was actually saying, I want you to move away. I want you to step out and leave that behind because what I want to do is through you and your descendants. I want to start a new thing through you and, and your children to come. And so that's what God was calling him to do. But the thing is, in that society back then, was that uh, the the father or the yeah the the male head of the house he would call the shots. No matter that Abraham was one hundred ninety nine years old at that point, that didn't matter at all. Um, he his father still called the shots, and they would move around together. And so the Bible actually records that um, Abraham, on this journey to this land that God had promised him was slowed down because he didn't leave his past behind. He, he actually came to a place around about in the middle, uh, waited for his father to pass away because he was sick and dying. And then from there, it was actually a really quick trip between that place and Canaan, the land of promise. And so what God spoke into me during this time, during this season, was that there are some old ways in me, and I'm not talking about my He's awesome. My dad's here, everyone. I'm not talking about my old man. I'm talking about old ways that all of us have. You see, before meeting Christ, that's what we refer to, our old man, our old ways. It's our old way of thinking, our old mindsets that are destructive, that are ruled by sin, which is there to destroy our lives. But when we meet Jesus, we are new creations. And I love that scripture so much because he makes us new. He gives us new mindsets gives us new hope and new behaviours that are healthy and that aren't ruled by sin. And so what God was teaching me was that I was allowing some old ways, some old mindsets to call the shots during this uncomfortable season. And and I think I can trust you guys. Can I trust you? If I go a little bit, a little bit transparent, awesome. So one of the things that um, that God was calling me to leave behind was Manipulation. Isn't that horrible? Can I say that? <laughs> what I realized after becoming a pastor and getting married is that you can't manipulate people right because it's just the worst thing ever. Because everyone gets um, gets free will, and when you manipulate people, it makes them feel like they don't have a choice. They don't. So I learned that very quickly, and my husband was amazing. He was very instrumental in that. Bit <laughs> 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 Nate and the people around me couldn't see was that I could 
manipulate God. That's really funny because no one can manipulate God. But you get what I mean. Because what I say to God and, and how I relate to God generally remains between me and God. And so that's that's the space that I would take out my, my lack of control in. That's the space where, where I you know, get frustrated and, and just let God know that, hey, I'm not jumping ship because I've committed an all to you, but but I'm not liking this, you know, like I'm digging my heels in, I'm coming on the journey, but I'm not going to enjoy it, you know, like just having that attitude towards and that manipulation and, and that was one of the things that he put his finger on and he's like, no, Ben, that's got to go, that's got to go because I need you to trust me for what I'm calling you to do. I need you to not dig in your heels and want your way, but but for what's to come in your life, I need you just obeying me. I need you to just be hearing my word and trusting me and loving me and not and not trying to you know, manipulate my voice or, or my ways. So that was one of the things, one of the old ways that God was saying, let it go. Let it go. Now when you hear that song from Frozen, that's what you can think of. Let it go. where it's like all of our horribleness, all of those character traits, all of that that baggage, you know, from, from what's happened in your past. We all have baggage, whether it's from your upbringing or generations before that you're not even aware of. We've all got it. But it's like those things, kind of sitting just under the surface until you're uncomfortable, until you're not enjoying your season, and then they spring up and you're like, whoa, who was this person? Where did that come from? So wouldn't it be an awesome opportunity then to deal with it? Like when these things come up, we shouldn't ignore them. But see it as God inviting us to maturity. He's inviting us to grow up and not just grow up and be mature, but be more like Christ. Because that is more fitting for us, for what we need to do. You know, prophetically, I just sense, like last week and this week as well, just that word of new wineskins, that God is calling us to to step into a new wineskin and a new season. But with that, there's the old things that need to just need to go. That we need to let God work on and, and help us move on from. And I believe that's for each and every one of us and as a church as well. There are great things that God wants to be doing in us. Starting now, I believe, that new season that people have been speaking of our church, I believe it started already. But into next year as well, God is wanting to do something new. He's wanting to do something great and bigger than you could even imagine in your wildest dreams. But it's take, it takes us leaving the old, leaving our baggage, dealing with it, while it's still uncomfortable. Because when we're in a good space, we forget about the stuff that God's done. Like, no, we're good now. It's all good. But no, we deal with it. We deal with it now. And so when we're in those uncomfortable seasons, God invites us to maturity. He invites us to grow up a little bit more. And I love that because then it means that I can actually make use of this season that I'm in. It's not something I'm just wading through. It's not something that I'm just going to coast through or dig in my heels. But it's something that I've got to make use of. I actually read a quote, I think it was yesterday, from Paul Scanlon's Instagram, and it was just something about working your season to get everything you can out of it, to get everything you can. And those were a few things that God was doing uh, for me in my life, and there were so many other things that he just highlighted and, and, 
to surrender to him, really. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Oh, sorry. I want to read you a scripture. I left it on my phone. Sorry. Chat amongst yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So unprofessional. Sorry, guys. I leave my phone everywhere. It's ridiculous. So as the scripture says, by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. I can get the band up to help me, that'd be awesome. So we've got this scripture that tells us that when we're ready to invite God into our situation, he has actually already invited us. He's flung open those doors to us to embrace no matter what we're going through. And what we're really doing when we're opening the door to him is we're just receiving that invitation and we're accepting that. And so this morning, I wanted to invite you into the greatest invitation that God has ever sent us, and that's to know his son, Jesus, as your personal Lord and Saviour. You know, we've been talking a little bit about hope this morning, but it actually all centres around Jesus. It says in the scripture, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. He was the one that paid the price for our sin that separated us for God. And he was the one that allowed us access to be in relationship with God. And what God says, he paints it out in the gospel so clearly that all we need to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. That what God did in sending his son died for our sins, but he rose again so that we could have life. We believe that that is true, and that's hope for us. But all we need to do is believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. And so this morning, I would love for all of us to pray this prayer together. And if you're, for the first time, wanting to invite Jesus into your heart, then follow along with us and and mean that in your heart. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads this morning. words after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for paying the price that I couldn't pay. I welcome you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.